Hey guys, good morning and welcome to our Resurrection Sunday service. It is Easter morning and the church is gathering all around the world today, all throughout the day, uh, gathering digitally, virtually, but gathering nonetheless to celebrate the good news of the resurrection. The good news that death does not have the final word. The good news that even now God is restoring, revitalizing, and resurrecting. The good news that God is making all things new. The resurrection is something that happened, and the resurrection is something that is still happening. And this morning we get to celebrate that in uh, diving into the scriptures, in singing songs and psalms, uh, in hearing from various members of our church family. And tonight we're gonna be gathering again at this same web address to be uh, to explore the evidence of the resurrection. So we're going to spend this morning celebrating the resurrection. Tonight we're going to investigate the evidence of the resurrection uh, because there is so much to it. And so I want to invite you to come back to this same place tonight and enjoy that conversation. Jonathan Sherwood and I are going to be exploring that and tell your neighbors, tell your friends and your family uh, that the good news is just that. It's good news. And if you want to find out more, come back tonight. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to dive into some worship and sing songs of celebration, confirming and affirming the fact that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Glory filled 
How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my
Life Kids. You can see me, but I can't see you, but it's good to be together this morning. Today I'm going to describe to you what happened on that first Easter. So, use your imagination now, okay? This is the world, and this is you. And you come into the world and live in the world. Now, this nasty looking stuff is sin. And there's sin in the world. I'm going to pour that in here, trying not to make too much of a mess. So we've got the world and we've got you living in it and we've got some sin. Now, God sent his son Jesus to the world. And sometimes he's called the light of the world. So that's a candle. And Jesus came into the world and he lived and he showed us God. He told us about God through parables and other stories and he healed people to show us what God was like. And he was the light of the world. So I'm going to light this candle, if I can, to show us Jesus. There we go. Now, sadly, Jesus died. People put him to death. And this represents Jesus dying. And I'm going to put this glass over the light of the world. Now watch what happens. When Jesus died, he took the sin of the world on himself so that when he died, the sin, the things that separated us from God, went with him into the tomb so that we can live a life without sin and fully connected with God. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 14. And God raised the Lord. And will also raise us up by his power. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, 
The new is here. John chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. He is not here. He has risen. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. We just wanted to say a happy Easter Sunday to you. Fee? Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. We wish we could all be together. Yeah. We love you all. We miss you. We miss seeing your faces. Please know we are praying for you. We're thinking about yeah. you all the time. Um, I was reminded this morning of an old song I used to sing as a little girl. I'm not going to sing it, but in the light of what Jesus has done for us, it goes like this. I'm covered over with yeah. a robe of righteousness. Mm. I'm covered over, that Jesus gives to me. I am covered over with the precious blood of Jesus and he lives in me. Mm. Oh, what a joy it is to mm. know my heavenly father loves me so and gives to me my Jesus. When he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. Amazing. That is the truth for us, isn't it? And so I just want to share that with you and also to read you Psalm 103 and to remind you, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget none of his benefits, bless his holy name. And it says, who forgives all my sins who heals each one of and all of my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit and from corruption, who beautifies, dignifies and crowns me and you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle, strong, mm. overcoming, soaring. Yeah. The Lord executes righteousness and justice, not for me only, but for all who are oppressed. That's the good news. And as we celebrate Jesus today and what he's done, Amen. just keep your eyes on Jesus, folks. Mm. We love you so much. We're praying for you. Dan's got a great message. So I just want to pray a blessing over all of our friends Amen. and family who are watching Bless this. You. Keep your eyes on the Lord. May yes. his presence be before you, behind you, beside you, all around you. And his favor is upon Amen. you to a thousand generations. To a thousand generations. Amen. Amen. Love you so much. Thank you, Fee. Well, again, happy Easter, everybody. And I hope you are enjoying, wherever you are in the world, this sunny weather and getting outside and getting some vitamin D and getting a bit of a suntan, or in my case, uh, look more like a tomato. But um, I hope you're enjoying this uh, little spout of spring weather. Uh, where, whatever country you're in, whatever situation you're in, whatever season you're in, whatever generation you're in, uh, the purpose of this Easter message is really wherever the these words find you, that they will strengthen you, that they will encourage you, they'll edify you, and they will refresh you. Because one thing that is unchanging is God. And the other thing is his word. His word never changes. His word is living, it's active, and it's final. And I, and I pray today during this, these short moments that we have together that you will be encouraged by God's word. In a time like this, all over the world, uh, systems are failing, governments are straining, there's strain on families, there's strain on people's health, there's strains on relationship. And what I wanted to do is 
to really capture you wherever you are. And for some, you're just having the time of your life, just talking to families, just enjoying this time to play board games and catch up and laugh together and be together in these places of confinement. You feel like all your Christmases have all come at once. In fact, some people have even put up Christmas lights to celebrate this, this season that we're in, as trying it as it is. For some, maybe you're just finding it absolutely fantastic. For others, it's a really trying time. It's a, it's a time, it's a nightmare having kids at home. Um, so I know, talked to someone the other day and uh, they're both, the husband and the wife both have careers and they've got children at home and now their children are sick and one has the flu and they're trying to do Zoom calls and stay up with things at work and yet one of the kids is sick and they, they, the daycares are closed down and the schools are closed down and this is just a nightmare. And so just acutely aware that around the world, different people are facing this challenge of the coronavirus, which is swept right across our world. And everybody's finding themselves in completely different places. Um, for some of you, you've never been busier. Your business is booming and you're just, it's just busy, 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 or you're busy at home. For others, you're absolutely bored out of your minds. For others, business is booming. You're at the economy where those are in supply chain and, and businesses and those industries that are just booming as, as the demand increases. And yet for others, you're facing your business has gone into decline or is already shut. And I, you probably, like you, you're finding these different extremes and tensions with different people around the world. People loving social media, to people turning to social media in different ways of communicating, and others don't even know what social media is. They don't know what Zoom is. They don't know how to communicate in the way that so many others are. Other people are in absolute faith. Other people are in fear. Other people just look at the facts. And again, there's this in between, there's this tension between how we are all facing this challenge. Some people feel very alone. Some people wish they were alone. Some people feel afraid. Some people are gripped with anxiety. And we're all adapting to different ways and different rhythms to uh, adjust to the life that we are now facing, that we're having to be forced into finding a new rhythm and a new stride, whether it be relationally, whether it be financially, whether it be um, physically and in the, the restraints and to, to not catch the virus, or if you have already um, caught got the virus, um, finding new rhythms of how to stay in isolation um, for the protection of others. Also spiritually, people's faith are being tested. People's faith is being tested in the church and in individuals, and both individually and corporately. And so these are times of change. They're times where the world is changing. There's people who are, who are sick, people who have already died, uh, and people who've had to face doing funerals on their own without friends and family to be there while they join them to, uh, to mourn the, the loss of their loved ones. Uh, for those of you who've been through grief or bereavement, you'll know that there are different stages of, of grief. There's different stages of bereavement. And I, I, without going into those stages, uh, I, I just want to say this to you. Um, however you are facing this pandemic, however you are facing this global challenge, I would just encourage you today on Easter Sunday to be kind to yourself and 
be gentle with other people. Um, this is a time for really loving our fellow man, for reaching out to our neighbour, to, to caring for those who, um, who are going through a different challenge, but maybe facing it in a different way than you are. For some, this is a time of great laughter. It's a time of great celebration. And for others, it's a time of great loss and great pain. So be kind to yourself, like um, when you go through, if you've ever been through a time of bereavement or loss or grief of somebody else, someone that you love, um, managing all those emotions and being gracious to other people while they are managing theirs is an absolute key. One of the things that is definitely a through theme through this season, which I've heard and I'm sure you have, is it's a time of reset. It's a time, if you like, to go back to basics, to relook at what really, really is important. And going back to the simple things of eating together with our families around a dinner table and spending more time communicating and talking. It's a, a time to reconsider why we do the things that we do and and. Do the things that we do really matter? What does really, really matter? And I think this is a good exercise. I think it's a good, it's a, it's a time to really look at what does matter. The Apostle John in the book of Revelation says this. He says, you've forgotten your first love. And then he says this, go back and do the things that you did at first. And uh, when I look at what the things that we did at first, they were the most basic foundational things. In Acts chapter 2, after Peter starts to preach this amazing message where he gives the keys to the kingdom and thousands of people get saved and added into the church. In Acts chapter 2 verse 42, he then the gear shifts to what happens at the beginning, what happened at the beginning of the early church, what happened for us at the beginning when we first gave our, our lives to the Lord. And there were four things that Paul, that that Peter um, it encourages us and to the church to devote themselves to. And the first was this. He says, devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching. Secondly, to fellowship. Thirdly, to breaking of bread. And fourthly, to prayer. And I just want to hone in on that first one. Uh, that first point that Paul in the early church, going back to basics, back to the things that we did at first, he is exhorting the church to give themselves wholeheartedly to the apostles' teaching. Of course, Paul, the apostle Paul, didn't have an encounter with God um, until Acts chapter 9. Um, but then Paul goes on as one of the great apostles of the faith to write two-thirds of our New Testament. And there's something I want to hone in on in the time that we have left together today on this Easter Sunday to hone in on to, to one of Paul's teachings. And it's found in Philippians chapter four. You can turn there with me if you can. Philippians chapter, uh, chapter four, and I'm going to read from verse two. And before I do, just to give you a context of this, Paul, the apostle, is actually writing from prison. He's, he's actually in jail himself. So he himself is on lockdown. He himself is is in a place of isolation. And here he is writing. This is the apostolic teaching. This is what the early church were, were, were commanded, if you like, to devote themselves to, to the apostles' teaching. And, and now here we are. We're going to read from uh, the Apostle Paul as he writes, under pressure, in isolation, in jail, practicing social distancing. And he is uh, by force. And this is what he writes. He writes, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness 
be evident to all. I, I want to hone in on just that for a moment before I keep reading. But wow, what a thing to say. Church, let your gentleness be evident to all. And gentleness here, I, I, I think, is, is something that perhaps we so often miss, having a spirit of gentleness. And in a world right now where there's so much angst, there's so much anxiety, there's so much fear, there's so many things that are unknown, the church do have things that we know and we know for sure. His word, for example, is unchanging. God himself is a God that cannot change. And so in this, with this, this word of gentleness, I just want to provoke us today to consider this in being gentle and as God's people with a spirit of gentleness, let your, let your gentleness be evident to all. Can I encourage you um, bo both politically and theologically to be gentle in your approach? And this is what I mean by this. In a time where there's so much turmoil, let Paul doesn't say, hey, get, get, get your answers all straightened out and get your ducks in a row of what the answer is. He, he says, Act in a spirit of gentleness. Um, he goes on in Titus chapter 3 verse, uh, verse 9. He says, avoid arguments and controversies and endless disputes. They are unprofitable and unproductive. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2, he says, pray for all men, for all men and for those who are in authority. And so... Um, pray for your leaders rather than just being political well I think it's the prime minister's fault or I'm I'm for the prime minister or I'm against the prime minister or I'm for the president or I'm against the president and using the platform that you have to herald your own opinion can I suggest to you that in a spirit of gentleness that we pray for our leaders and that means before I just have an opinion which I'm going to air to the world, I'm going to first start by going and getting in my prayer closet, getting on my knees and saying, God, I'm going to pray, as your word says, for those who are in authority. Whether I agree with them or not, I'm going to pray for them. And instead of, instead of causing disputes and arguing about things, you just let it go. And just with a gentle spirit, just say, you know what? I'm just going to lay down that opinion for right now. There's a lot more going on in the world than just trying to be right. It's better to win a person than an argument. I uh, I remember one time I was I was about to wade into a situation and I thought, well, I'm right, and the Lord knows I'm right. And I said to the Lord, I'm right. I'm going to deal with this. And I felt the Holy Spirit simply say this, and I wrote it down after. He said, Son, if you exercise your right to be right, then you'll be wrong. And I've tried to live by that ever since, that sometimes just being right and exercising that right makes you wrong. But with a spirit of gentleness, let me keep reading. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Listen to this through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. In other words, as we pray, as we're calling on God with all our petitions, with all our requests, do it in thanksgiving. In other words, start with such a, a thankful heart. Uh, we had a, a Skype call or a Zoom call yesterday with different people around the world, about nine of us, and just talking and suddenly you realize some of the challenges that we personally face are very, very, very different from other people around the world. I said to Fee the other day, I said, is it, I said, we've got no more pepperoni 
pizza, just cheese pizza. I don't like cheese pizza. I like to have the pepperoni one, but we're out. Uh, the truth is I shouldn't be eating pizza either way. But my point is, church, sometimes the challenges that we face um, uh uh, a minuscule compared with some that are happening around the world so consider and start praying for our brothers and sisters who if i gave you the data would be shocking uh, to hear some of the things in comparison of what we face um, in the western world and by saying that i'm not belittling it some of the things that we're facing even in the west um, are catastrophic and i really appreciate that um, but through pre- through thanksgiving present your quest to god and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about such things. And what you've learned from me or received from me or seen in me put these things into practice and may the God of peace be with you. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. Even if you don't know what to do, Paul is saying you can follow my example. So when we devote ourselves, when we go back to the things, back to basis, back to the things we did at first, it was these fundamental things, devoting ourselves to the scripture. And Paul is writing this from a, from prison himself. And he starts with rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Pray with thanksgiving. Guard your heart and your mind. Colossians says, set your heart and your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Church, set your heart, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Whatever is true, think about that. There's so many things that are just not true being said. There's the, the, it, there's the, the as the medics are trying to find cures for this disease, uh, there's so much information you can get online. But can I suggest to you, not all of it is true. But whatever is true, think about these things. This word is true. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more we hear the word of God, the more we hear the truth, which is the sword of the spirit. Faith will arise and it is a shield of faith. So as faith arises, that arises in our hearts, it's a shield of faith which distinguishes um, the arrows of the enemy. So that's really the the main part of really what I want to share with you today to let the word of God dwell in you richly. Jesus says in John 15, because of the word, you are clean. You know, the word of God cleans us up. Sometimes we just need to get cleaned up in our thinking, cleaned up in our hearts. And it's the word of God. Jesus says, because of the word spoken over you, you're clean. And we need to get cleaned up on a day-to-day basis. And finally, in John chapter 20, in verse 7, this whole verse is about the resurrection. And of course, uh, we it is Resurrection Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. And just as we close, I want to talk about that a little bit and just encourage you with these words that in John, 50, John chapter 20, verse um, 17, I'm going to turn there and you can follow me if you like. Um, it, I'm going to read the verse, the r- verse 6. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. 
It's interesting that a whole verse is taken to underline the fact that this linen was folded by itself. And to understand that scripture, we also need to understand a little bit of Hebrew tradition. And in short, it's simply this, there's a master and there's a servant. Many masters would have a servant. And when the master would eat, he would take the napkin and he would eat using the napkin. And in that tradition, it was known and understood that the servant would be watching the master as he ate. And as he ate, if the master, when he had finished, discarded the napkin, discarded the cloth in a wadded way, thrown to the side, the servant would know that he had finished. But if the master, while he was eating, folded the napkin and placed the napkin still folded on the table, it was a sign that he was not finished and that he was coming back. It was a sign to say, I may be leaving the table, but don't clear everything away because I'm coming back. And in John chapter 15 on Resurrection Sunday, the reason why the napkin was so carefully folded and stated to being folded in verse 7 is simply this. Jesus was saying, I'm coming back. Don't clear everything away. It's not finished. I'm not done. I'm coming back. And the Bible says that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Right now, we're at a war with an invisible enemy. But in all of it, the Bible says these are the beginnings of the birth pains. All creation, Romans says, is waiting with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. And I want to encourage you with these words. I want to encourage you with the word of God that wherever we are, there is a rumbling and there is a stirring and there is a shaking. And yes, there are, there are, there are, there are rumors of wars. And yes, we are at war with an invisible enemy. But I want to encourage you that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in Romans chapter 8 verse 11 is now at work in you and me. It's Easter Sunday, church. He's coming back. He is alive and well. The same power that raised him from the dead is now at work in you and me. That's a lot of power. And I think one of the, the secrets the enemy best tries to keep us from us is the power and the authority that Jesus has given to the church. And that's to you and me. So on this Resurrection Sunday, I want to leave you with that and just pray for you before we go. That you would rejoice always. And again, Paul says, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious, church. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayers and petitions with thanksgiving, pre present your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding. In other words, whatever you understand with your mind, whatever the facts say, whatever the news say, whatever the doctors say, there is a peace that transcends all of it. Sometimes if we want the peace that passes understanding, then we have to give up the right to understand because I want to go for that peace. I want to live in the peace and, the, and let that peace guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, he says, whatever is true, think about that which is true. So before we go on this Easter Sunday, I just want to pray. If you can just close your eyes wherever you are or grab somebody's hand if you're with somebody else. And if you're on your own, I just want to say you're not 
alone. You are a son and you are or you are a daughter of the king and he absolutely loves you. You're a part of God's family. You're not isolated. You're not alone. We need to get to you. We'll find you. But he puts the lonely in families and we have an amazing heavenly father who absolutely loves us and he will look after us. And if you're worried, reach out to somebody. If you uh, are listening to this and think, I want to reach out to somebody who may be worried or may be isolated or may be concerned. And, and just encourage them with one of these words, then please go ahead and do that. But Father, we just thank you so much uh, for your goodness to us. We thank you that you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you for the finished work of the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to destroy everything that came to destroy uh, this world. And Lord, I thank you for the power, the resurrection power that you gave when you when you conquered death and rose from the dead on Resurrection Sunday. And we thank you that that same power is now at work in us. It's in work in your church. And I just ask that you would comfort us today. Thank you for sending the paraclete, the, the one to come alongside, the one to counsel us, the one to comfort us. And I just speak comfort. I speak strength over your church right now, that wherever people are in the world and whether this is the, the best days of their life and they feel like all their Christmases came at once or this is the worst nightmare and it could you didn't you just don't think it could get any worse. God, I ask that you would meet every one of your kids, every one of your children right now and comfort them in the mighty name of Jesus. And finally, if you're listening to this message and you 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 yourself need hope, you yourself have do feel anxious, you yourself do feel like I I I I just I'm I'm I am hopeless. Um, I want you to know that that is why Jesus died. He took all of our sin, he took all of our shame, he took all of our of our sickness and our disease and he carried it and the wrath of God was satisfied at Calvary. And if you don't know Jesus, I want to just give you this opportunity right now, if you can, again, to just close your eyes and say, God, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross so that I may have life and have it in abundance. And I ask today, to the best of my knowledge and understanding, that you would forgive me for my sin, that you would take away my shame, that you would you would forgive my all my sin, you would heal all my sickness, and that today would be the first day of the rest of my life. Today would be the first day when I can start living the purpose and the plan that you have for me. So thank you so much, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And I give everything to you. I give you my whole being, my whole life, my heart, my soul, my might, everything I give to you today on this Easter morning. Amen. So great to be with you. I feel so privileged to have this opportunity to speak. And I, we trust that these words, somewhere in there, that you would, the, the word of God will have caught into your heart and bring life to you and encourage you and strengthen you and refresh you on this Easter morning. Please remember those who are less fortunate, those around the world, both whether it's if starting in your own uh, neighborhoods, to your own church family, to your own cities and towns and country, but also to those who are less fortunate in, in around the world, people that don't have rice, they don't have food, they don't have water. We're doing everything we can to the people that are part of our, the household of, a, of faith and those that we know are unable to get to, we are doing that. But I want to encourage you to please do 
the same, to take up offerings in your own churches, both locally, and make sure that you're net, you meet the needs of those, that there's no, no lack in God's house anywhere. Amen. Love you all. Thank you again for listening. Happy Easter. And when we get back um, and things start to go back to a new normal, um, we look forward to just being together and celebrating Easter Sunday again in a few weeks time. Amen. God bless you. In your
Amen. It is done. It is finished. Love has won. Uh, it's been so good to gather together this morning. It's been so wonderful to celebrate and to feast upon the good news of Jesus's resurrection. And I hope that you guys have an incredible rest of your day. And join us back here tonight for our conversation around the evidence of the resurrection. Uh, is it the case that there is an overwhelming stack of evidence uh, that proves Jesus did, in fact, come back from the grave. Let's ask the question, let's investigate and have the conversation. So tell your neighbors, tell your friends, send them the link, and they can log on and join in the conversation tonight. It's so wonderful to be together. We love you all so much, and let's just keep celebrating throughout the rest of the day. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. <laughs>